Today's scripture lesson is from multiple verses in John. John 9, verses 1 through 8, 13 through 16, 18 through 21, and 24 and 25. And uh, you can follow along in the first page of your bulletin or on the screen. We'll start with verse 9. A man born blind receives sight. With verse 9, as he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight. They called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked him, is this your son? And that he was born blind. How does it then he now see? His parents answered him, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he'll speak for himself. So the second time they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, I do not know whether he's a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That's right, I get to preach on the Sabbath when women are in the fellowship hall, money changing in the temple, changing money into soup. I get to preach about the Sabbath on the day when I'm going out riding this afternoon to put things on mailboxes to invite people to this Saturday's spring fling, what are y'all going to do to break Sabbath today? Eat? That's right. That's right. Some of y'all going to eat. A lot of y'all going out to eat after church. Or is that breaking Sabbath. Lord, we're thankful for this day. A day to celebrate and honor your love in our lives, your presence with us, your Holy Spirit guiding us. We are grateful for this gift. Teach us to use it well, to live it well. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Okay, it is the shootout at the OK Corral in Jerusalem. Y'all know how gunfights go. One over here, one over here on a dirty street called Main Street. There's a dog howling in the background. Eyes are squinting from the sun even though they're shaded by wide-brimmed hats. Doors are slamming, shutters are being pulled shut, women are screaming, running away, because men never get scared. And their hands hover right over the gun handle. Well, in this case, you have the Pharisees standing on one side, saying that healing on the Sabbath is not okay that it is a sin, that working on the Sabbath is a grave sin, violating one of the big ten, the Ten Commandments, to honor the Sabbath and to keep it holy. No work allowed. That's what that meant. No work allowed. Now on the other side stands Jesus, who has just committed two flagrant violations of Sabbath law. He made mud. He took spit, gross, and he took dirt, and he mixed it in his hand, double gross, and he put it on a man's eyes. So first of all, when he made mud, he worked. And when he put it on the man's eyes, he healed. The man's blindness was gone. I have a question for you. If you had been blind since birth, and someone came up and put spit filled mud on your eyes, told you, go wash it off, and when you did, you could see for the first time in, in your life, would your action, reaction be to celebrate and jump up and down, or would it be, I can't believe you healed on the Sabbath? <laughs> you see, Jesus is on the other end of the street saying, this is a Sabbath. This honors God. This glorifies God. Healing on the Sabbath is okay. The Pharisees were so afraid of working on the Sabbath that it was against the law to tend to a broken bone on the Sabbath. Depending on when you broke it, it could be 24 hours before you got any relief at all. All because of a religious rule. The Pharisees said, spit and dirt? Disgusting. Dirty. Against the law. Jesus said, healing. Restorative. Miraculous. Blesses God. 
So the Pharisees came out with the fervor of Barney Fife to investigate. They interrogate the healed man's parents, scaring them to death. The question that he, they questioned the healed man, not once, but twice. You know what did not happen? No one thought to celebrate the man's new sight. Not one person congratulated the healed man. No one took him to gaze at the temple or to feast on the sight of his parents or even to look at his own face in the mirror. No one told him this is the color blue, that this is a bird, or this is your mother. All the healed man got from his community was an inquisition and an excommunication. Something good happened, but they only saw what went wrong. They should have been rejoicing. Instead, they were busy criticizing. This is a great story. It is so packed with the stuff of life. There is so much here. You have blindness and sight, sickness and healing, prejudice and love, power against the powerless, fear and faith, rejection and acceptance, defeat and victory. But there is one question that explodes out of this gospel story and addresses itself directly and personally to you and to me. Do we see with the vision of our Lord? Have our eyes been anointed with the Spirit of Christ? I know I've told this story before. I don't care. I know we've got new people who haven't told it, and it's one of those I just love to tell and retell. You give me a new person, I'll give you an old story. And I really enjoy this one. A man by the name of Tim, Tim Brewster tells a, a powerful story about a man, a mom, who, who took her children to a crowded restaurant one day. And her six-year-old son asked if he could say grace. A six-year-old asking to save grace. Are you going to criticize that child? Are you going to jump in, up and down and say, glory to God? This is wonderful. Well, he prayed, God is great and God is good. Let us thank him for our food. And God, I would thank you even more if mom gets us ice cream for dessert. And liberty and justice for all. Amen. <laughs> now, along with all the other patrons, there was a woman sitting at the very next table. 
and she growled loudly, that's what's wrong with this country. Kids today don't even know how to pray. The very idea of praying for, I, for ice cream. Why I never. Now hearing this, the little six-year-old burst into tears. And he asked his mother, did I do it wrong? I'm sorry, is God mad at me? The little boy's mother pulled him over into her lap. She hugged him tightly and assured him that he had done a terrific job with his prayer. And God certainly was not mad at him. Well, just then an elderly man walked over to the table. He winked at the little boy. And he said, I know God real well. We talk every day. And I happen to know that God loved your prayer very, very much. It might just be the best one he hears all day long. Really, the little boy asked, the best one? Cross my heart, said the man. Then he leaned down and whispered into the little boy's ear, pointing at the woman at the table next to him who had made the remark that started the whole thing. And he said, too bad she never asks God for ice cream. A little ice cream is good for the soul sometimes. Well, naturally, the mom ordered ice cream for her children at the end of the meal. The little boy stared at his bowl for a moment, and then he did something that I dare say no one in that restaurant will ever forget. He picked up his sundae, and without a word, he walked over and placed it in front of the woman at the next table. With a big smile, he said to her, Here, this is for you. Ice cream is good for the soul sometimes, and my soul is good already. The people in the restaurant applauded, and somewhere in heaven, I am sure Jesus was smiling. You see, that little boy had already learned how to look at others with the eyes of sacrificial love. I hear this story and I realize again that sight is always a matter of the heart, not of the eyes. And I have a wonderful surprise for you. To see things the way that Jesus sees things is something that can be taught. You know, I, I, I can go to Sherry here and say, Sherry, I'm going to teach you how to be more compassionate. How do I do that? I don't know how to do that. But Sherry, I am going to teach you to see with the eyes of Christ. I know how to do that. I know how to do that. And it's not hard. 
before every committee meeting, ask this question. Is what we're about to discuss right now worth the death of Jesus on a cross? Before every gathering in this church, so is what we are doing right now worth the shedding of Jesus' blood? Is everything we say and do this week Is it worthy of the cross? Does it honor the cross? It is the only way I know to truly honor Sabbath every day of the week. Is it worthy of our Lord? Amen.